Y'all, as I was listening to that song, I got to thinking, you know, Good Friday for us is the day that we remember Jesus dying on the cross, right? While that is a wonderful day to remember, that's not really a day I like to rejoice in, you know what I mean? But I was listening to this song just now, and it just made me think about the contrast between Friday and today. And today is a day of rejoicing. In this song, it says, um, let me find a spot. It says, I will rise when He calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. Now, if you think about what happened on Friday, right? Jesus died. He suffered all kinds of pain and agony. And after He died, all of His friends and family were just in sorrow, right? Mourning. But then when Sunday came, everything turned around. There was no more sorrow, no more pain, no more agony. It was joyful, right? They were rejoicing. At the beginning, they were probably a little confused, a little not sure of what was happening, but as reality began to set in, they were rejoicing, okay? So that's how we need to be looking at today. That's how, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, there is no reason today to be in sorrow. Amen? Turn with me in your Bible this morning to Romans chapter 8. Let's go to the Lord in prayer once again before we get into our message. Father, I come to you right now, Lord. I thank you for the joy that I have in my heart right now, Lord. Just thank you, Lord. I don't don't have anything else to say, but thank you. So God, I ask that you be with us as we go into this message. Lord, renew a right spirit within us. Make our hearts right today before we leave this place. And God, I ask that you give me words to say. I ask that you send your anointing. Father, that I could say what you would have me to say and not my own words. Lord, my my words are fruitless, but yours are fruitful. So God, the Word tells us that your Word will not return void, but I know mine will. My my words are are full of uh, faults, but God, I know your Word is true. So God, I ask that you come, that you take charge, that you have your way in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded. Now listen, before you get into any of the rest of this uh, message today, you need to be asking yourself, am I persuaded? Okay? And you'll understand more about that as we go. But ask yourself that question at the end of the service. Am I persuaded? Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the first one I want to focus on today, the main thing I want to talk about 
is the very first one he mentioned. He said, death. Okay? Death is not going to separate you from your God. Okay? A lot of people look at this life as being it. Okay? But I've got something greater than this life that I look forward to. There's a whole other life that's going to be much more magnificent that's going to be uh, empty of all the sorrow and pain and agony and the, the, the hurting, hurting we feel in our bodies and, and all the miserable things we endure on this earth. It's going to be free of all of that. So death is not going to separate me from the love of God. In fact, if anything, it's going to get me closer to Him, right? So let's just start off with a little bit of knowledge about what it's not going to do. It's not going to draw me away from God. Now, let's, uh, let's go back just a little bit and, and preface this by saying, if you are a child of God. Okay? Because there is a vast difference between a child of God, one that has accepted Jesus as his Savior, and someone that has not. Where they will spend eternity, there is a great gulf affixed between the two. Right? There's a big separation there. So I want to talk to you today about death and resurrection. That's what this whole weekend is about. Death and resurrection. As a child of God, I'm going to see the same kind of things Jesus did. Right? I may suffer death on this earth, but I'll be resurrected. I'm not going to be stuck in the grave. Okay? As a child of God. Okay? And who I'm really talking to today is probably those that may be here today that don't know Jesus. I don't know your heart. Even if you say I'm a child of God, I don't know. That's not my, my uh, place to even, even be concerned with that to a certain degree. All I can do is preach the Word and it's up to you. It's between you and God whether you are saved or not. All I can do is tell you the way. But you have to know, like I said, you have to be persuaded. You have to understand it in your heart. The Word tells us that it's appointed unto every man once to die. And then the resurrection. It also says that it's up to every person to work out their own salvation. I can't do it for you. I can help you. I can help lead you. But it's up to you in the, in the end of the day. Death is one of those things that really weigh people down, right? Even, even Christians, right? We, we get focused on how much we want to hold on to this life. But death, death is not so bad. <laughs> and y'all, I'm not here to bring anybody down today. I'm trying to lift you up. I want you to understand something about death. It's a temporary thing. Because resurrection comes after that. And that's when the good things start to happen. John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus is telling His disciples. You know, He he had a long conversation with His disciples before He was crucified. Before He was taken and tried. And then crucified. Today we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper after the service. 
And I encourage you to already be praying about that. Be searching your heart. It's not something we want to do lightly, but we want to remember our Lord and our Savior. But John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So see, we have this wonderful thing that we can look forward to. You know, there's a reason why Jesus shared that with those disciples. Because He knew He was going away. And He knew what they would feel like after He died and, and, and was gone. He knew they'd be torn down and they'd, they'd be missing Him. Not just as, as a teacher, but as a close friend, right? They were very close to Jesus. It would be just like uh, you losing your husband or your wife or a brother or sister. I mean, they were so close. They spent time with each other day and night. They stayed in each other's presence all the time. And those disciples just hung on every word He said. So He knew they were going to be troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. If I'm going away, there's a reason for it. Okay? He said, I'm going to make a place for you so that where I am, you can be with me. Be right there with me. Y'all, that's what I look forward to. All the, thing, all the stories and, and, and uh, possibly even misconceptions we have of what heaven is, all of that I could care less about. I just want to be with Him. Right? All the other stuff is just gravy or icing on the cake, you know? Talk about my mansion and my reward and all that stuff. I don't care. I just want to be with Him. I heard somebody say at one time that, you know, the Word talks about these crowns that we'll have. Based upon uh, the work that we've done for the kingdom of God, we'll be, we'll be rewarded. And I heard a guy say one time that, that I want the biggest crown I can get. And then he says, so I can lay it at His feet. You know, I want my reward to be great, but I want it so that I can present it to Him. That's what I look forward to is being in His presence, standing in His glory. Just to see what He's like. You know, I, I know Him pretty well. But not, as, not like you do when you're standing face to face. It's just not the same. You get just a glimpse of it here. Paul said in one place, he said, it's like we see through a glass darkly. Right? You ever looked in an old nasty mirror that was just all kind of dark and dim and you try to clean it and it just doesn't do any good because the backing is not that great on it and everything now. The, it's kind of lost its, its reflective qualities. And that, that's what it feels like right now. We, we can see and get a glimpse of what, what it's going to be like to be with Him, but just a little taste is all we can see. We don't really fully understand it yet. So, we all will face death on this earth unless Jesus returns first. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 55. <clears throat> Paul says, Behold, 
I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Praise God. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Y'all, I don't fear death anymore. I don't fear it. I, don't, I, don't, I look forward to it, honestly. I look forward to that day. That doesn't mean I don't love my friends and my family and, and enjoy being here. I do. I try to live it to the best I can and enjoy it while I can, but I look forward to something greater than this life. My life is not centered around what goes on here. I'm looking forward to something greater, okay? This is a temporary thing. This is a layover, right? I look forward to something greater. Listen. Listen now. Jesus came to this earth. He did the work He had to do. He died a terrible death as a sacrifice for our sin. That's something I couldn't have done. I couldn't have paid that price. He did it so I didn't have to. They took Him and they laid Him in this tomb and they rolled a stone in front of it. Because let's face it, He's dead. There's nothing to see. Three days He laid in that tomb. But on that third day, He rose. They went to the tomb. They wanted to, to put some uh, smelly good stuff on Him, right? It's kind of a tradition they had. They went to the tomb expecting to find Him wrapped in those, those towels, even though He had told them different. And He wasn't there. He was gone. And they'd forgot all the things that he said, and they began to look for him. Who took him? Where did you move him to? But he was gone. Somebody didn't move him. He was alive again. Do you know how long he walked on this earth? Do you know how long he spent time face to face with people? It wasn't just a day. It was a long time. Like was it like 50 days or some 40 days? 40 days, okay? Now listen y'all. A man that's dead walked around amongst people. People saw him and ate with him and 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 just had conversations with him. He made himself known that he was alive. This was no secret. So we know we have a risen Savior. We know we have a glorious King that is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and me. 
Listen, His death was not in vain. The resurrection is proof of that. He, he was glorified because of the price He paid. The Word tells us that God highly exalted Him, given Him a name that's above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what God did for what He had done. Right? Why do I tell you these things today? Well, I want you to be reminded, child of God, of what He did for you and how great His resurrection was. And those of you here that don't know Jesus, I want you to understand why He did it. John 3.16, probably one of the most quotable verses in the Bible that everybody knows, explains it in such awesome detail. Does anybody know it? (laughs) For God so loved the world. Listen, listen to the emotion that goes into this Scripture. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would just believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's not His will that anyone would perish. That's why He sent His Son. I hear people say sometimes, I can't believe in a God that would send somebody to eternal punishment like that. And I tell them, listen, it's not His will that you go. He provided a way out of that. He has provided a means to escape that punishment. But if you reject His provision, you've sent yourself to hell. He didn't send you. Do y'all understand that hell was not created for us? Hell was created for the devil and his demons. It was created to punish them for their rebellion against God. But when we rebel, there's no option left unless we choose Jesus. I'm reminded of the song. It says, Who am I that a king should die for? Who am I? Who, who am I that my king would die for me? You Look in history. You don't see that. If anything, they send people like me out to the front lines to die first. Y'all, I'm a, I'm a, a pitiful example of a Christian. <laughs> I am. I'm a pitiful example. I have failed my God so many times. I am not worth looking at. But He still loves me. That's love I don't understand. It's love I can't comprehend. And when I think I have went too far, I fall on my knees and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Have I went too far? And he says, I forgive you. I love you. Y'all, that don't mean I don't pay consequences for sin. I do. The consequences of sin is still death. I'm still going to face death someday. But praise God, I've got something on the other side of death. There is resurrection coming. Do you understand that today? Even though I may die in this world and I have to pay for my sin in in this life, 
I've got another life where I won't. I've got another life waiting for me that's great, that's wonderful, that I can't even begin to comprehend the awesomeness of it. But the Bible tells me about it. It tells me it's there. It tells me He's waiting on me. Some of us say they're afraid of death. Some of us don't look forward to it. And y'all, I'm not trying to tell you anything just out of the ordinary today. This is just the gospel. Some of you may say, well, why hasn't He returned yet? Why, why does He wait so long? Why hasn't He returned? Is it even, is it even coming back? He hasn't returned yet because of His grace and mercy. He wants everybody that possibly will accept Him to have the opportunity to accept Him. Y'all, that tells you something about His love. Okay? It does. I don't know where you are today in your life. You may be saying that right now, I just don't even know about this whole Jesus thing, right? I'm here to tell you today that you're still on this earth because He does not want to send you to hell. He's given you time, okay? He's given you time to work all that out and to find Him and call on His name, but you have to do it. You've heard His Word today. You've heard Him calling you. Look, He sent His Son. God sent His Son all the way to this earth and took on the form of just a lowly person. Nothing to look at. Nothing special. Some of these pictures we see of Jesus, I'm pretty sure are totally made up. Right? Because He's a pretty good looking guy in some of the pictures. But y'all, that's not what the Bible says. It says He was nothing to look on. He was just a normal, everyday person. Nothing special. He wasn't some runway show model. I mean, he just... He was just a guy. But he was entitled to something greater. Right? He was the king of kings. But he came and humbled himself. He put himself low so that he could be that sacrifice. You understand, he had the power at any moment to just stop. I'm going to do this a different way. But see, there was only one way to buy my sin back. Only one way to pay for me. And that was through His blood. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. Listen to me, people. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. I was reading this morning and it said that, that the, the priests would have to first offer sacrifice for their sin before they could offer sacrifice for everyone else's. But He did it with one. He made one sacrifice. Those high priests had to do it every year. He did it once. Because it was perfect. There was no flaw in Him. He was perfect. Y'all understand that? That kind of a sacrifice changes things. We have a a Savior. You know why He's a Savior? Not only because of the sacrifice, but because of the resurrection. He conquered it. 
The grave was overwhelmed, as that one song says. I love that phrase. I love it. It just it, they could, it couldn't hold him anymore because the time was right. When the time was right, the stone rolled. I want y'all to understand something about God. He sees your sin. He knows every one of them. There's only one thing that can change that, and that's Jesus. The Word says that, that when you are saved, when you are washed by the blood, it says that He removed those sins from you as far as the east is from the west. Those two don't touch. It says, never the twain shall meet. He forgets them. You know, only God, somebody that knows everything and that is all-powerful, can say, I'm going to choose to forget them. Y'all, if somebody does you wrong, do you remember it? Yeah. Even if you, even if you forgive them, it's still there. Right? You may even totally get over it and say, you know what, I'm not going to hold that against them. But you still remember. But God says, I'm not even going to remember it anymore when you're forgiven. We go to God sometimes with that guilt hanging on us, and we say, we say, Lord, I know I've done so many things. And He says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Forgot it. That's right. You're sanctified. You're pure. Praise God. That's right, Brother Tim. He's got the right idea. Praise God. I have been forgiven because I serve a risen Savior. I serve a Savior that was greater than death, hell, and the grave. I serve a Savior that's greater than all my sin. You see, I wouldn't serve anybody less. There's a whole lot of empty promises in this world. People that claim great things, but only one has fulfilled them. People can make you a lot of promises, but only one has kept them. Who else can keep a promise of coming back from the dead? Right? My God is great. Y'all, my God is great. Anybody that can say, I'm going to die, but I'm coming back. They're greater than I am, right? Praise God. 